Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you. Thank <laughs> you.
You are entering the Rory Sauter Show, home of America's Man of the Hour and home of America's biggest Trump supporters. Climb aboard and buckle up your seatbelt because this is a wild ride. Nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. Mega, mega, mega. Uh, tonight we have a big show. 
uh, doctor, award-winning speaker, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and political candidate, Dr. Bob Branch will be calling in. Um, we will also be having um, Angel Mom, political activist and director of ADIAC, uh, Marianne Mendoza, on, on the program tonight. You guys probably know, uh, recall, her um, son uh, was uh, killed by an illegal immigrant, uh, drunk driver, uh, Brandon Mendoza. And um, Marianne has been making headlines lately um, with a lot of the fake news and the left is attacking her. Um, because she's standing up to illegal immigration and she's, you know, trying to, you know, do this activism, you know, in honor of her son, you know, just to prevent this from happening to, happening to any, any other family. So, you know, we have a lot to talk about with her, uh, as well as Bob Branch. Bob Branch is a brilliant guy. Uh, he's very smart. He has a novel of a resume. I mean, what a career that guy has led and a life he's lived, I'll tell you. Um, I do want to get to the opening monologue, though. I, I do want to welcome on the line uh, my co-host, Josh. How, how Lottie? What's up, buddy? Dude, it's going fantastic. Been a been a fantastic day. It really has. We really have a lot of things to be proud of. I will tell you that right now. That I That I can tell you, like Trump would say. Um, Gianni, welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah, here. Glad to be here again. Yep, Gianni is back, the director from New York. Um, we, you know, we do, we will get into a lot of things. There's a lot of things I didn't get into yesterday that I will get into today. But let's start with the opening big headline news that is fantastic and that totally is like one of the most pivotal and important and I mean, this, this sets it, uh, you know, something for years and years. Uh, Trump's new, the new pick he'll be able to, you know, uh, make a decision on with the Supreme Court. Kennedy retiring. This is unbelievably so significant Woo-hoo. and huge for the Republican Party. I mean, we can basically control everything. First we get Neil Gorsuch, and now we get whatever Trump's pick's going to be, it's going to be brilliant, and it's going to be so amazing, and we are never going to lose. We are going to have our way all the time, and Democrats are pissed, and they're shaking in their boots. They do not know what to do. Abortion is on the line for them, with Kennedy leaving, and as well as, think about this. The Supreme Court ultimately makes most, a lot of the decisions. I mean, we have them in our favor. We have them in our corner. Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, this, this, could, this could be so effective. I mean, this is, like I said, these, are one of, these elections are some of the most important in our lifetime, these midterms coming up. But just imagine the momentum going into the midterms with having, uh, you know, another Supreme Court judge picked by Trump. I mean, this is. Uh, you, you guys have to, my audience and everybody has to understand um, how important and how this, uh, you know, strongly puts us in such a, an unbelievably amazing, uh, incredible situation. You know, it, it, it's totally getting away from the leftist ideology and the whole socialism, and, and the Democrats are not going to have their way. I mean, it, it, this, is, this is absolutely great. Uh, this is a great day for America, I will tell you. Uh, Kennedy did have a great career. I want to congratulate him, just like Trump did. Uh, you know, he's probably leaving at the right time. He's getting old. Um, but, you know, this, this is just um, every day it's something so uh, – something to be proud of and happy about and, you know, something to look forward to. 
Um, I will play the opening. Uh, I will play some clips real quick, and then, Josh, we'll get your thoughts on Gianni. Um, but here is a possible replacement, and then I want to hear Trump's reaction as well. So, uh, one, two. Something didn't go right. Sorry, guys. My bad. Uh, One, two. The travel ban ruling underscores just how critical it is to confirm judges who will support our Constitution, our great, great Constitution. Yep. 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 Justice Anthony Kennedy, a very special guy also, just announced a little while ago his retirement from the United States Supreme Court. Great man. And I'm very honored that he chose to do it during my term in office because he felt confident in me to make the right choice and carry on his great legacy. That's why he did it. And I'd like to take a moment to show our great appreciation for Justice Kennedy's lifetime of distinguished service. Terrific man. Service to our nation and to the cause of liberty. We were thrilled to appoint one of Kennedy's former clerks to the Supreme Court. Did you ever hear of Justice Neil Gorsuch? He's doing great. He's a star, and Justice Kennedy is a star, and we appreciate it. We really have to take our hats off to Justice Kennedy. Thank you very much. And remember this, so we have a pick to come up. We have to pick a great one. We have to pick one that's going to be there for 40 years, 45 years. We need intellect. We need so many things to go. You know, there's so many elements go into the making of a great justice of the Supreme Court. You've got to hit every one of them. Heidi will vote no to any pick we make for the Supreme Court. She will be told to do so. Now, maybe because of this, she'll be forced to vote yes. Who knows? But I will tell you, she'll vote no the day after the election on everything. Justice Kennedy's retirement makes the issue of Senate control one of the vital issues of our time, the most important thing we can do. Democrats want judges who will rewrite the Constitution any way they want to do it and take away your Second Amendment, erase your borders, throw open the jailhouse doors, and destroy your freedoms. We must elect more Republicans. We have to do that. So there you have it, folks. And, uh, you know, I mean, what a day. I mean, this Trump's new pick will, you know, go on for uh, generations. And, I mean, the the left will not be able – I mean, it's going to definitely stall and hurt the left's agenda. And they even were talking about that today. And, uh, I mean, God, us conservatives are in a very good position today. But, Josh, I want your thoughts. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. This goes beyond just, you know, a, a Republican agenda or not Democrat yeah. agenda. This goes into we're going to have a solid, multiple solid Supreme Court justices that are going to follow the Constitution and follow exactly. the law. That, you know, and yep. actually, you know, set precedents that are actually up, you know, that are in line with the Constitution. This is incredible for our country. This goes, this will go far beyond, you know, the Republican Party versus the Democrat Party. This goes, this goes right into, this is going to cement, could possibly cement our country for, you know, years and years of prosperity that, you know, prosperity with, our economy, prosperity with our social issues, prosperity with with everything, with the whole entire country. It's, it's you know, I was, I can't, I can't lie. I was in the car when I got a notification on my phone. And I just started like hearing in my car alone by myself. It was fantastic. Yeah, you're three, you're three hours ahead of me. So, uh, you know, I got the, um, the note. I got your text when I woke up this morning. Yeah, I was all, I was so thrilled. Um, it, it's a great day, though. It really is. I do want to welcome our caller, though, calling in. Um, I do want to welcome our special guest. Um, it is so good to have you here. Angel Mom, political activist and director of ABIAC, Marianne Mendoza. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Rory? Uh, I am great. It is so such a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, we were just talking about the... Uh, you know, our opening statement, we were talking about how, how a, such a release and, and such a, um, I mean, so, so significant and so important for, you know, generations to come that Trump's new Supreme Court pick, now that Anthony Kennedy is retiring, I mean, this is an amazing day for conservatives, and this definitely hurts the Democratic agenda. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's just, we're, we're, we're going, we're, us Republicans are going in a really good direction right now. Absolutely. I mean, we need a Supreme Court that is going to uphold the laws and interpret them the way that our founding fathers intended them to be and, um, you know, not allow this liberal lunacy and, you know, hurt feelings and all of this stuff, um, political correctness, get in the way. It was written the way that it was for a reason. And, you know, I'm so glad that we have President Trump in, in the White House. God, I mean, amen. Can you imagine? I mean, none of this stuff would be coming out or being publicized or being – if Hillary Clinton was in there, we would still have all of the corruption, and it would even, we would even be more and more corruption. I mean, can, can you imagine the buildup of what Hillary would put us through? I mean, to think I – mean, we wouldn't have a country left. No. No, we probably wouldn't be speaking on a radio show like this either. <laughs> Exactly, you know, uh, yeah. so true. I, I mean, uh, and I, but you know, Marianne, Marianne Mendoza, uh, you are, you know, very popular in the media right now. You know, there's a lot of which makes me up. The, the part that the left wing is attacking you, the liberals are attacking you. You even had to go on Breitbart. You were on Breitbart. You were on other news channels confirming that Trump did not pay you. Which the, the stories these people come up with, it makes me so angry, and they're just looking for attention, and they know that their leftist sheep voters are going to believe the media. Well, and you know, we we stood on a on a stage with the president of the United States at a national press conference, 
and we let the people know that mainstream media does ignore our stories. And the aftermath um, on the T, you know, the TV stations other than Fox um, was exactly what we predicted would happen. Is exactly how we've been treated prior to that. Um, morning, Morning Joe. Um, the only thing that he could concentrate on was the autographs on our children's. Um, Pictures that we requested of the president to do. And you're referring to Joe and, Scarborough. And again, he, yeah, and again, he's still okay. ignoring our children's stories. The autographs are more important than our dead children and the stories that we have to tell about them. And that's just the way CNN operates because they want to just, you know, incite public rage and get people all upset about the stupidest things when the real issues are right in front of your face and they're begging to be told but they will not tell them, and they prefer instead to, to try and have some sensational headline because their hate for Trump just overrides any logic in their brains. It's, you're absolutely right. And, you know, you bring this strong issue to light in such a, you know, constructive way. And I love what you're doing. I love the activism activism that you're doing. It's, it's so inspiring and so um, it's absolutely necessary, and you're you're a warrior for doing this because there's you know there's a lot of people that don't take this seriously enough, and I mean a lot of people that don't understand the severity of illegal immigration. I, and and here's another thing that bothers me, and we all know this: the Democrats only use illegal immigrants for political gain. They don't give a, a shit about the families that suffered. They don't care about the victims. They don't care about who's, you know, other people's emotions, and they're out for themselves, and they're out for votes. Let's face it. I mean, it's sick. Well, and like I've said many times, they don't really care about the children in the detention centers. It's a way to distract from what the job they're not doing. And, and they step over our dead children in this fight for illegal aliens. They step over every homeless American child, every homeless veteran, Every American in need is stepped over and shoved to the side to fit their agenda by getting to the border and having some sensational hate-filled, you know, report about these children. $670 a day is what they spend on these children at the detention centers. Has there ever been a conversation about spending $200 a day on a homeless American child? Never. No, and that's and, and and here's another care. You're absolutely right, and you bring up a great point, because I was talking about this on my show the other day, that, you know, there are 24 million Americans that get se- children that get separated from their families on a yearly basis. Do you ever hear the media talking about it? No, but they talk about second-class citizens and illegals that do not belong here. I mean, it's, it's disgraceful. Think of the military families, the children that these military mothers and fathers have to say goodbye to, their children. And they don't know if they're returning home or not. But this is what our country has asked of them, and they've stepped up and they've filled that role as as a true American patriot. And look at how many of our of our service people were killed in, in different wars, and these children are left without parents. And it doesn't matter to our politicians. And I am truly under the belief that our politicians are swaying so far left that it's almost become un-American in their actions and non-actions of what they do in D.C. Oh, yeah, and I've been saying that for, you know, a long time. It's gone so far left and and progressive that people and and socialists and communists, people are leaving the Democratic Party. And I've always said that 
the there hasn't been a good Democrat since JFK. You know that there's they don't right. they don't have Demo- they don't have Democrats like him anymore. And if you look back at his policies, he was for everyone. He was a conservative Democrat, and he would be a Trump supporter today without a doubt. Same with Martin Luther King. He would be a Trump supporter mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and you look at Camilla Harris over in California and Ma- and Mad Maxine Waters. Maxine, oh, you know, calling for, you know, rage and and hate against people. Um, Camilla Harris. Uh, Imagine a if a Republican senator. did that; they would lose their right. job. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Look at Camilla Harris, a U.S. senator, calling to to get rid of ICE immigration. You know. I was going to talk to you about that. Yeah, yeah, they're calling to abolish ICE, and I was appalled when I read that report uh, yesterday or the day before, I think, and I was going to bring that up to you, and I wanted your thoughts completely because that is absolutely one of the most dumbest and idiotic things I've ever heard, and the Democrats are out of their cotton-picking minds. Well, and, you know, they're stating that Camilla Harris is saying they're not even doing the job that they should be doing. And do you know, do you know why this chaos is created? Is because they He's have wanted these open borders and they've yep. wanted this influx of people coming over. And, these, and the Mexican, you know, candidate for president is telling them, go to America, you deserve to be there. All of these things are pulling our resources to the border to stop the surge from coming over, and therefore all these government agencies don't have the manpower that's needed. And um, if these politicians would call for law and order and our laws to be followed, our immigration laws to be followed to the T, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in. And I blame every one of them who back these amnesty deals and, and fight the hardest for these illegal aliens present in our country, the illegal alien criminals who are showing leniency in our courts, and, and that – is the main reason why I got into this fight, because I started realizing in the state of Arizona, an, an Arizona citizen has to serve at least 85% of their sentence that they're given in a court. An illegal alien right. only has to serve 50% of their time. Where is the logic in this? And then when they get out of, the, the, uh, out of jail, you know, a lot of times ICE isn't there to pick them up and, and, they, and they're let go. We may not be a sanctuary state or a sanctuary city here in Phoenix, but trust me, that happens. These illegal aliens who have ice holds on them, they are let go. And look at in California and all these sanctuary cities. They just let them out in droves to be amongst their fellow American citizens, put law enforcement lives at risk having to go and find them, and putting yours and my life at risk every single day. Yeah, and, and you know what? And, and here, here, there, there's so many great things. I mean, they're, all right, they're heroes. I mean, they're, they're there to protect us. They're there to make sure, you know, everything goes accordingly. Nobody, you know, comes across the border. But obviously we know that's been a big problem lately. And, you know, the left tried to call Border Patrol people a racist, but 52% of them are Hispanic. They did a poll. I mean, these, right. the, left is ridiculous. the left is ridiculous. And, you know, the fact, uh, yeah, if, if we abolish ICE, you know what would happen? We turn into something like London where ICE yeah. where Muslims are invading. You know, everywhere. I mean, every single uh, religion and, and crazy monsters would be coming in the country. I mean, this would be, oh, my God. This, people would be dying every second of the day. I mean, every single second. Because, right. you know, let's face it, 80% of the people coming into this country, I would say, are bad. I'd, say, I'd give that 20% are good, that illegally. But they're still breaking the law. Right. Well, and, you know... 
my fight's always been about the illegal alien criminal aspect. We have millions and mil- tens of millions of them here. There's no way we're going to get rid of them all. So to say deport them all, that's never going to happen. And there are good people here. You know, that, that is what America's about. But when you have something like the DACA program that is full of fraud and they claim these DACA participants don't commit crimes, it's a bunch of crap, they're allowed to commit up to two misdemeanors and still stay within the program. And a lot of times if they've committed a felony, the defense attorney and the judge reduces the charges to a misdemeanor to keep them within the DACA program. Um, they aren't all contributing members of society. They are on welfare. They are on food stamps. And before you can just have our politicians say, okay, we're going to extend the DACA program, they have to go internally and figure out the fraud and get rid of the people in that program who are taking advantage of that program to stay in our country and fix the program because out of the 800,000 that are in the program, by the time you fix it and get all these people out of here who don't fit under the the proper guidelines – You'd probably be down to four hundred thousand of them. You know, oh, one hundred. They put the cart before the horse. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, you know, Josh, I know you want to respond. Go ahead, Josh. Josh. Yeah. Here, so, yeah. Sorry, my uh, my phone was being weird. I mean, you know, just to talk on the you know the ice, the, you know, people calling for the abolish. Of ice, it's you know, it's it's really foolish to you know, uh, you know, especially for Democrats to say that when you know a lot of them would like the United States to be like would like them to be like Europe, um, except you never you know none of them ever go and look at what's happened to Europe after they apply some of these weird policies that they have going on. You know, they think Europe is this great social you know, um, 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 plus one for the world, how they allow all these things to happen. Everybody lives in peace and tranquility. Um, no, let's talk about England. In London, there are rape gangs that are, these Im- that are these immigrants that came over. And obviously these are not Mexican immigrants, but immigrants that do not, um, that do not you know, uh, assimilate into culture and follow laws are a problem no matter what. You know, no matter what their original culture is, they can keep a lot of their culture, but they don't follow the gosh darn laws. That's a huge problem. You know, the, in the United States, we are so open that we allow people to, you know, be um, very much so and follow their culture for the most part. Like, you know, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, the Italians, you know, for instance, they still have a lot of their culture intact, along, especially with, you know, the Hispanics. They have a lot of their culture still intact after they became legal immigrants. But when illegals come over and refuse to follow laws and then take advantage of our system, not only is it wrong, but it is, going, it is eventually going to destroy uh, you know, this country if we don't stop it. I think Trump is doing a good job in combating that. Look, they, they never expected Trump to come out of nowhere and win this thing. The whole goal was to have one world government and open borders in the United States. And Trump has screwed that up royally for their plan. And this is where all this hate is coming from. Um, and in Europe right now, the, the European women are forming a revolt against what is happening to European women and the rapes that are happening. And they're going unchecked because their law enforcement is afraid to go into these neighborhoods where they all live and deal with it. And they have politicians over there who are just allowing this to happen, and their and their culture being decimated over in Europe. And that is the last thing that we need to happen in America. This is like 
any of these immigrants, illegal immigrants, illegal aliens who come from any country or the refugees, this is like Disneyland to them in, their, in America. They have never seen a country like this. And it's because of our founding fathers and what people in America do to make this country great. And when you start letting people, like you said, who can't assimilate and who can't understand the basic laws and what they have to do to fit into this country, when you start allowing them to take over your country, the the whole you know concept of why this country was even founded is just going to be gone. Why do you think that you know in Europe they, these politicians over there are just so infatuated for the most part? Polit- like the, and honestly, the whole a lot of the society is so infatuated with letting these these people just come over for no reason. What do you, like do you know where that came from at all? Why is this? I mean, and especially they see the results now. It's not like a oh, let's see what happens. Now they're seeing some of the results, and people are still pushing for it. You know, I was in, I was in London in 2001, and even in 2001, as my mom and I arrived and we were sitting in a little pub having fish and chips, a Muslim march was going on outside in 2001. And I, I, when I was frightened because I didn't realize that's what was going on over there. I mean, the mayor of London is a Muslim, and I think Merkel is afraid to – basically admit that what she allowed to happen to Germany is her fault. She will never, ever state that. You've got Italy now who is absolutely refusing these, these boatloads of refugees, allowing them entrance into their country. Where are, you know, where's the liberal outrage in America, these countries that are finally putting their foot down and saying we've had enough? You know, there's no talk about that happening because it's the right thing to do, and the liberals will never put shine light on that, and that's exactly what America needs to be doing. I'm, and I, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. It, it, and another thing that you mentioned, uh, you know, about how um, Merkel is not going to ever, you know, admit that, you know, um, in Germany that that what they did was wrong. Well, whatever happened to politicians, you know, saying that they were wrong, you know, when it came to their policy, like Ronald Reagan. There's that video of him saying that, you know, he made a wrong decision in the uh, uh, with giving guns to, I think, the Iranians, if I remember it correctly. I'm only a 20-year-old, so this is old news for me. But, um, you know, what, what, why, can't, why is it so difficult for politicians to say, you know, hey, I made a mistake. Let's, let's fix this thing. It's almost like they'd rather, they'd rather beat a dead horse than, you know, try to fix the dead horse or get rid of the dead horse. Well, our, our politicians are no longer in Washington representing the people. They don't listen no. to the constituents who voted them into office. Our politicians are in Washington, D.C. with personal agendas, period. And, and this is what we have to live with, and this is why we have to vote the right people into office. And we need to get rid of these long-term corpses who are in our, in our Congress and our Senate. We need to get rid of them because they think it's just going to be easy-peasy money, do what they want, and nothing's going to happen to them. They think they're untouchable. It's time for the American people to stand up and show them that we're, we're, we're done putting up with their bullshit, and we're going to make the changes in our country that it needs, and we need new blood in D.C., and, you know, to go, yeah, my this is Gianni from New York. And, you know, to go back to Josh's, you know, question, I think the whole thing is the, is for NWO, New World Order, like uh, the special right. guest said. I mean, that's what it's all about. And that's why they're pushing uh, uh, undocumented, illegal, whatever you call them, illegal immigrants. That's why they're pushing them in is because it's going to be easier to get their vote in order to pass what they need, what they need done because they know – 
work hardworking Americans or flyover country is not going to stand up for that. So the more Im- illegal immigrants that they bring in is the more votes for them and the more that their NWO plan of socialism, you know, uh, hurting right. businesses and everything, be poor, you the poor, you rich. And I believe that's the right. whole point. I mean, you look at New York City, uh, look at California, and the middle class is leaving California. You know, the middle class has been left New York for a while now. And if you go in those cities, there are the most, the most crime, you know, uh, the most poverty. And, I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. And you see you got rich people on one side and poor people on another. The middle class is absolutely almost zero in New York City. Right. It, I mean, because I'm from New York, so I see this all the time. And that's what you see. And the middle class is right. leaving. And I believe that that well, is the whole thing, and it's NWO. And, you know, our poor American um, neighborhoods are where these illegal aliens are going, and they're tearing mm-hmm. down the poor American neighborhoods even further than where it is. The schools in those areas are overwhelmed with these illegal aliens. The education level that poor American communities are getting is being even, you know, ripped apart itself. And those children aren't even getting the education they deserve because, you know, resources have to be put into having Spanish-speaking teachers there to interpret for these kids and, and teach them English and whatnot. So, you know, it's not just people who've been affected by illegal alien crime per se. It's neighborhoods and it's communities that are affected by illegal aliens being present in our country. Absolutely. And look at and look at the you know look at the problem, um, you know, Rory here again. But look at look at the problem with Paul Ryan's amnesty. You know the way he pushed it. It failed today. They didn't they didn't pass. But look at these Republicans. They're totally uh, traitors and going against us. They have been for a long time. But He's a backstabbing joke. We all know amnesty is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Even if you did, let's just say hypothetically, you gave these people amnesty, they're not going to come out. They're too scared. Obama already tried years ago, and a lot of them never even came out and uh, you know, showed themselves. Right. It doesn't work. I mean, you know, these people are invading our country, and you know, you know what happens if we invade somebody else's country. I mean, it, you it, don't you reward know, just, you don't reward them with amnesty when they when they've been it, present in our country illegally. You and, don't reward you know somebody I, for breaking the law. And I've said for so long, it's such a slap in the face to the people that have stood in line, worked their butts off to become legal citizens. Yep, and you know, most of the people who be, who became legal citizens. They're not, allowed, they're not allowed to be on welfare or have government assistance for, ten, for at least 10 years, I believe it is. Yet these people stroll across into our country, and they're handed anything and everything that they need. You know, and since our event in Washington, with, with, at, since the press conference with uh, President Trump on Friday, you cannot believe the emails we've been getting from people at AVIAC, and I cannot believe the amount of identity theft that is happening and people who are killed – People are coming out of the woodwork now. You know, a lot of Americans have been afraid to come out because of the hateful rhetoric from the left calling us racist, bigots, xenophobic. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they, they come up with all this. Americans don't want to face that. Um, you know, now some of us are receiving hate mail in the mail at our houses, and that's pretty frightening knowing that people know where we live. But, um, you know, my son was half Hispanic. I am the farthest yeah. thing from a racist. My ex-husband's family supports me 100%. His family's right. here legally. You know, their ancestors came here legally. Um, the yeah. immigrant communities stand with us. 
because they're sick of being wrapped up into this whole illegal alien situation, as our politicians like to say, our immigrant communities. No, it's our immigrant communities are just as fed up with this as, as Americans are, you know, American-born citizens. So it's um, anything that they can try and do um, to tear down the truth and to keep it from the American public is their agenda. And unfortunately, it's sad to me how many Americans actually believe the crap that comes out of these politicians' mouths and that they don't – I don't have an agenda when I get up and speak or I'm on a, a TV show. I don't have an agenda. I don't have to be paid. I'm not spewing propaganda. This is reality for me. My child was killed by an illegal alien. His dreams ripped out from underneath him, and our life shattered and our community shattered because he was a very compassionate cop and did a lot for the for the children in the in his beat. And this is reality. And if and if Americans don't want to listen to their fellow Americans tell them what's happening on a daily basis, on an hourly basis in this country, then I feel sorry for them. And Marianne, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the person, the illegal alien, uh, wasn't he deported uh, several times and came back into the country that killed your son? Yes, he was um, apprehended up in, he was charged with crimes up in Colorado for um, identity theft, aggravated assault, assaulting a police officer, hit and run, um, and he was, you know, showed up in court and was told to come back. Of course, he never showed up for his court date, and he was on the run for many, many years, was caught at the border in 2002 coming back over, was taken back up to Adams County, Colorado, and facing his charges, and the judge showed him leniency and just let him go back out onto the streets. So we have illegal aliens not even paying for the crimes that they've committed. How many of these angel parents are dealing with the illegals who killed their, their children and loved ones are on the run? They were, you know, let go, let to be able to bail out, and they're on the run, and they haven't been found for years. Thank God, if there's anything to be thankful for in my son's situation, that the illegal alien who killed my son was killed in the accident, too, because I don't think I could even deal with half the right. stuff that these other angel parents have to deal with. Right, and you're, you're, you know, you bring up a, you know, you bring up a good point with what these uh, angel families have to deal with. Look at Kate Steinle, for instance, the guy that walked free. I mean, the guy, right. you know, no, no pun. I mean, the, it, it's ridiculous, and, and we have all these other situations where these illegal aliens are, you know, getting house arrest or getting probation. Uh, you know, they're they're basically getting treated special. I mean. Compared yeah. to us American well, citizens, it's just and crazy. Grant, I mean, we all know, we all know the only reason that could be behind the, the, the lousy and pathetic sentences they get when when they're uh, charged is political, politically oriented. Well, I, I think it's greed because I think some of these judges are really are paid off. I think that um, you know we really have to take a but good hard look at our at our judges. And um, you know Grant Ronnebeck's killer here in Mesa, Arizona. You know, he had already been arrested. He had kidnapped a woman and held her hostage for a week, you know, giving her drugs, forcefully giving her drugs, raping her. And he was allowed to be out on the streets, um, wasn't, you know, held in our jails on top of being here illegally. And then he showed up at a QT and shot Grant Ronneback, you know, point blank in the face over a pack of cigarettes that Grant had already handed him and executed him. This is a man, a heinous criminal who never should have been released back out onto our streets. And over and over and over you hear 
these people who have killed American citizens had already committed crimes and were back out onto our streets. And even when they are deported, listen, there's multiple, there's hundreds of thousands of cases of illegal criminals who've been deported who have recrossed our border six times, 15 times, 25 times. And this is why we need a secure border in our country. With the wall, I mean, we absolutely need the wall. And, you know, I've always said this, and, and you know what? I've told my viewers I don't care if I sound harsh, and I want to treat this like, it, like other, some other countries. If you cross our border, I want, I want the illegal shot. I want them shot. If they cross that, if they do it, I just want them shot. Because you, cause in other countries, if you cross their border, they will shoot you, some of them. Yeah, well, that's not how I feel. <laughs> I don't want you to be okay, thinking but, that's how I, I feel. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just, I'm very, here's the thing, it, it aggravates me because, you know, yeah. it, it, it's one of those things where most of these people coming in, are they're not sending their best, like President Trump feels. Right. Um, but I want these people to pay. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily hey. literally mean shooting them and hurting I don't, you know, I don't want. I just want them to, you know, be punished. I want them to be sent back. I mean, they they right. just be apprehended or, you know, because a lot, but believe it or not, a lot of these people, and you know this, that come across the border get violent with Border Patrol. So then, I mean, you have right. to use, you know, and then that's well, a problem, too. I mean, we see Border Patrol agents getting killed. Right. And the, and the sad thing is, in Arizona, and I know it's probably this way in uh, New Mexico and Texas, too, in southern Arizona along our border, you know, they show these big, you know, steel walls in, in most of the news reports and whatnot. But in southern Arizona, it sticks in the ground with Bob wire, and that's our border fence. And in some areas, there's absolutely yeah. nothing. And nothing. these people, you know, just walk right over. Um, the drug cartel is a big part. You know, I heard a Border Patrol agent talking about how the drug cartel is a big part of all these children coming over and, you know, you got to go back to the origin of the problem because these parents are allowing these drug cartel to pay them money to bring their children here, and they're causing this big influx so that Border Patrol agents are pulled and have to be at a certain area because they know these children are all coming over, unaccompanied minors, and then the cartel has free reign to cross over the borders where they've had the Border Patrol agents pulled from. So it's a sick, twisted game that they play, and until we secure our borders and let these cartel members know, you're not going to have free access to our country, um, a lot of the things that happen will stop, you know. Yeah. And thank I mean, God the United States was there to rescue these unaccompanied minors because, um, you know, 2,000 of the, of the 12,000 um, who are detained were actually with parents. And, you know, yeah. there were laws in place that stated that's what needed to happen, and it was long before Trump those were put in laws. But 10,000 of them were unaccompanied minors or with coyotes or with child traffickers or yes. with sex traffickers, yes. not a, with their family a, members. Yeah, and that's another big problem with the border is a lot of these adults from Mexico will use kids to get in and or, you know, sex trafficking. I mean, there's so many different mm-hmm. variables and things that, you know, they're capable of, and, it's it's really a scary uh, scenario when you really look at it, and you know I, I it, it really frustrates me and puts me on edge. Uh, you know the way the media has treated you and the way people attack you and the way people and all of these families. You know that I mean what what if what if it was their kid? What if it was their what if it was their kid that got you know killed? 
I mean, would they would they really be saying keep illegals in the country? I don't think so. No. You the know, story, it, it, their, it, their it, whole until yeah, it happens to them. Until it happens to them. You know what I mean? It's like I've tweeted to Nancy Pelosi many times and Camilla Harris. Let's meet face to face, mother to mother, and you tell me which child of yours you're willing to give up to support your agenda for having these illegal aliens in our country. Tell me. Point to which one yeah. is expendable, because that's exactly what they've had. Each one of us do who's lost a, lost a loved one. We have been collateral damage in this fight for illegal alien rights in our country. You, you're absolutely right, and, and you know what? It's turning into the to the point. It's to the point now where Americans are so fed up. I mean, we've already been in a civil war, you know, for a few. I mean, for years, in my in my strong opinion, in, in certain aspects. But it's about, you know, it's about to get ugly if the illegal aliens keep getting coddled because American citizens are tired of it. And, uh, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, just – I just I, I just see it getting ugly because, you know, people um, – you know, we, we need to, uh, you know, make these people obey the law, you know, because uh, – it, it would be it, great to have a big, a big movement and a big march, you know, of conservatives to have, you know – two million people marching, you know, or all across the nation in, in every big city. But the thing is, conservative people have jobs, and they are they are responsible people, and they are the ones who take care of the rest of the country. And these liberal idiots, you know, they have the time on their hands. And these, and these pink pussy hat people, you know, they've got the time on their hands to go do something like this. And, 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 you know, the conservatives are the ones who are carrying this country and paying the taxes. They don't have the time to go out and march in the streets, and we're not full of the hate and the rage that they are. Conservatives want Americans to matter the most, period. Yeah. I mean, how can you take anybody seriously that wears a pussy hat? I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Can you imagine when I was in D.C. at the inauguration and they had that big march there in Washington, yeah. D.C., I went out on the yeah. sidewalk and I was asking the, a lot of these young girls, because they were staying at a very expensive hotel, and I said, so what is this march about? Well, I don't know. We're just, you know, we're here and we're in support. Support of what? Well, you know, we were just, we were told we needed to yeah. come here. Told by they who? They can't answer. How, how are you paying for your hotel? How did you pay for your airline ticket? How did you get here? And what is your reason for being here? And not one of them said anything answer. about what the organizers of the march said it was about. Yeah, they couldn't give you a straight answer. And uh, it's a no. bunch of whack job feminists. I mean, the feminists are yeah. a uh, – I've, I've said this from day one, and I'll say it again. Feminism is terrorism. What they do is no different than what terror – I mean, they, they, you know, rampage through the streets. They uh-huh. sometimes even get violent and hostile. I mean, that they – they are people that uh, are, want to be superior and want to be entitled, and we all know the movement is anti-man. It's, it's a jaded, oh. one-sided ideology. Um, well, and the, know, major- the majority of those people, they were there because they got, A, a free airline ticket, B, free hotel, and C, a free trip out of it. And this is what happens in most of the places. When, Joe, when uh, President Trump was having his... Um, rallies here in Phoenix, the one he had out in Fountain Hills, um, the streets were all blocked by protesters, and as it came out, they were all being paid. You yeah. know, and it all yeah. went back to the Democratic Party stopping and trying to keep people from getting to his rallies here in Phoenix. 
Do you want to know? It's it's as insane as I'm seeing Craigslist ads that are saying that, and they're real. Yeah. Uh, pay paid protesters to protest Trump and protest, you know, these other yeah, conservatives. I mean, yep. yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Johnny, go ahead. I know you wanted to say something. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I was at the inauguration too, and I remember what you're talking about. I remember being out there when the marches, when they were, uh, destroying Starbucks and all of that. I was out there when all this yeah. stuff was happening. Um, and, but by the way, I think, if I give liberals anything that they do good, and that is get together and march, that's one thing that they are good, whether they're shouting shame, 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 yeah. But I think Republicans, what we need is we need a strong grassroots movement, and we need a yeah. strong we need strong organizers. Because let me tell you, I go around, you know, the country, you know, this whole summer, I have not seen any Republican organizers, you know, and I, like you said, they, they, a lot of them work. But I think what we yeah. need is we need a strong movement for uh, marches, which is what the Tea Party started off to be. You know, I don't know about now, but, you know, right. it started off with the marches and, you know, the grassroots organizing and things of that nature. So I think if we do better with that, I think Republicans will be more stronger. And we also need to uh, go after younger people also, because if we don't go after the younger people, our movement is going to die off. Well, and, you know, summertime is probably the best time because people can schedule their vacations around doing something for their country. And, yeah. uh, you know, the the sad thing is, and, and you know, there, I, I, I don't know how much truth there is to this, but, I you know, I've heard through different sources that even the Parkland High School shooting, the the terrible tragedy there, that there were already signs made up weeks before that even happened. And the, And how do you get something organized as quick as they did if it wasn't planned ahead of time? This is what really has my mind boggled about a lot of their planned marches and things that happen. Um, it's too organized and it's too quickly put together and just puts a big question mark in your mind. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it absolutely does. One hundred, you know, one hundred percent. And you know, I, what, what did you hear? And this is a report out today, and this is the kind of stuff we're dealing with. The ICE had to barricade D.C. headquarters to block protester occupation. I mean, are, are we – we're getting to the point – I mean, this is getting violent. This is absolutely out of control. Well, the ICE office in Portland, they have 150, 100 to 150 protesters there with tents and canopies in front of the ICE office. Nobody can even access the office in Portland, and the mayor has refused to let the police get involved and, and disperse them. But, you know, we all know Oregon is a, is a sanctuary state. Um, I don't know if you guys heard. I had put a tweet out about the 63,000 Americans killed since 9-11, and a school superintendent up in Beaverton, Oregon, retweeted it, and he ended up getting fired from his job for retweeting my tweet. Um, and I had all kinds of news stations from up in Oregon calling me to talk to me about it. And when I sent them back my response or talked to them. None of them put in my response on to any of their newscasts. And one night when I was watching one of them, they were talking about it and had my tweet up on the screen and blah, blah, blah. And the very next, and Beaverton's a real big sanctuary city up there, but um, the very next story on the news after this guy being fired for doing that was an American um, construction worker at a construction site um, had been attacked by a Mexican, an illegal alien working on the construction site with a nail gun and had been charged with attempted murder. And it's like, do you not think that people in Oregon would question 
Okay, here's something about this happening. Here's one of our citizens trying to, you know, a Mexican illegal alien tried to kill him with a nail gun. This isn't a problem. Maybe, maybe you know, we need to listen more to things other people are saying. Um, it's ridiculous because they claim that they need them for, you know, the farm work and whatnot. Those are the exact big business that is putting money behind all of this pro-illegal alien stuff, too. And unfortunately, there are so many pro-illegal alien organizations, and they get so much money from all over this country to be able to mobilize and have these protests and whatnot. But when you are anti-illegal alien, anti-illegal immigration, if you're an organization that stands for that, big donors are, are, are afraid to give you money, like to AVIAC, because they're afraid of the attacks they're going to get from the liberals and, you know, and, and ruin their businesses. And that's a sad thing. You know, because it's it's what America should be doing is standing up with us, you know, anti-illegal immigration into this country. Yeah, you're 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 absolutely right, and you know it, it's it's not even about, and we've seen this from the Democrats, is that it's not even about the people anymore or what's good for America. You know, it's really, you know, the fact that people are still, I mean, there's a lot of people waking up, and we're seeing that, obviously. But there's still people that, you know, and that's the scary part is they think the Democrats are on their side, some of the voters. I mean, you know, and what these people marching through the streets, you know, protesting at the border, uh, trying saying protect our immigrants. I mean, these are illegal aliens that, you know, do not belong here. And, you know, there's homeless kids on the street, Americans, and there's people that are in need. And you're – it's just it's, – it's Hollywood, and it's so hypocritical. It's so – oh, my God, it drives me nuts. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, go ahead. And yeah, uh, I would say, for all the viewers listening – the argument that a lot of liberals use, and I've heard it for a long time, is white people are the real illegal immigrants. You know, they came here and they raped the Indians and killed Native Americans, da-da-da, and, you know, they, they didn't have a path to be here. They just come and took over the land. Well, here's the answer to that. If you look back before, you know, Europeans came over here, the Native Americans were killing each other. They were going to war with each other, and that's what people just don't study. They were literally killing each other for land, and that's the whole point. So when the Europeans came over here, you know, they had slaves and things of that nature, understand. When they came over here, you know, they brought the Christian uh, uh, religion, and then that's where you get, you know, the Thanksgiving and stuff from. And then that's when you saw the society started actually becoming more polite. You know, they're teaching Native Americans about, you know, our God. They're teaching them, you know, how to, you know, how to take care of themselves. You know, they're teaching them how to dress. They're teaching them how to uh, have a constructive society and things in that nature. So I just know that a lot of people, if you're wondering, well, what about people that came here, you know, before America was here, you know, they came over here and did whatever they did to the Native Americans. I know we've done, you know, you know, bad stuff in the past, but I believe that if you see America, how we shaped Western civilization. It has made an impact on the rest of the world to where the rest of the world looks to us for everything. I mean, if you look at what we created, you know, as far as, you know, stuff like electricity and, you know, cars and 
how we came over here, you know, with the gold rush and how we created businesses, how we created even Hollywood. That was all American people doing that. And you see the impact that it has made. So I would say, you know, despite what we did in the past, we came here with a dream to uh, create a constructive society. And we know Native Americans, as you know, they were doing human sacrifices and things like that before we got here. When we got here, we were like, all right, we're not doing any of that. Uh, we're going to respect each other and we're going to love each other. And that's how things happen. Well, and you can't look to the past when you're dealing with a current problem. Um, you can't spend all your energy and time arguing about what did happen. You have to start talking about what will happen. And um, this isn't the time and place to have that kind of a conversation, not spe- speaking specifically about you, but, I mean, you know, this is what a lot of people yeah. throw at us. But, um, you know, we have to focus on the here and now, and we have to focus on what is happening and stop it from happening because every day we're not doing something about it. This problem is increasing every single day. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and you know, please, Marianne. Well, actually, Josh, go ahead. I know you wanna, you know, uh, you have some stuff to say. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I just want to touch real quick on so locally in my small community of Worcester, Ohio, uh, they there was a there was a Sunday Sunday afternoon driving home from church. There was a, there was a protest in our square, and I was like, "What's this about?" So I you know pulled over, went up. It was an anti ice protest, and I was like. Well, this is kind of interesting. Wow. Well, you know, and they, you know, just listening to them all talk, it was, you know, one of the ladies that got up and, you know, talked was saying how, you know, basically this whole problem that we have with uh, immigration is because of these white supremacists, you know, uh, that are causing all these problems and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wow. It was, you know, and, and, and you know, Gianni, you were right when talking about, um, you know, the, the Democrats are really good with getting people to show up at these stupid – basically, you know, it was a group of about 50 to 75 people all standing around with, you know, these really cheesy signs, you know, like <laughs> all children you know, all children should be protected or, you know, abolish ICE, just like dumb stuff like that. You know, no – they weren't actually talking about anything, you know, intelligent or anything. They were just complaining. About 75 people just sitting around in a circle complaining about – you know, illegal immig- or, you know immigration the way that they want it to be, and I, I was I, I I sat there and I thought how sad you know how how sad it is that all these people you know and and how scary it is that all these people are there. But also, I, I had a I had a little bit of of happiness, and here's why: none of these yahoos that sit there in this little circle and complain. You know what I've noticed about complainers in the past is that complainers really aren't very good at doing anything but complaining. That's one of the good things that the Republican Party and, and just conservatives in general has going for them is that there's a, all these people are just going to complain and say how bad they have it and how bad the world is, and then they do nothing. The, the only Democrats I'm worried about are the ones that actually do stuff. Those are the people I want to fight. But the people that just want to complain, they can, I mean, let them complain. I, I, I mean, I think it's hilarious, but, you know um, – it was just it was a little weird that it was happening but i mean you know these uh these crazy democrats man there's a lot of them in ever even my small little rural town of ohio you know um they're, they're there but um you know i boy i think we're going to beat them just because you you don't get anywhere with just sitting there complaining you got to actually go do something and these people are not willing to go do anything cuz you know that might that might involve some work and that would be absolutely 
uh, that's against their religion. I'm well aware of. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's one of the yeah. one of the reasons I was a little bit happy about you know seeing that. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I'll oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mary, Mary I'm good. You respond? I'm no. I'm good. Okay, Mary. You go ahead. So I. <laughs> I, Marianne, I do want to, um, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of, um, you know, activism and you're doing a lot of different things right now and, and you're, um, you know, you're getting very involved. And uh, w- with the media, who who put out the report that, um, you know, what fake phony journalist said you, I know I, I saw you confirm that President Trump never, you know, paid any of the Angel families or you, but who started this uh, crazy rumor? I don't remember who it was. Um, it was something on. It was a bunch. It was a bunch of stuff on Twitter that day. People were saying that kind of stuff, and telling us, you know, telling one mother, "Oh, Trump's angels," and kind of, you know, being nasty about it. And, you know, she responded, "We're angel moms," and, you know, you wouldn't be able to stand one minute in our shoes and deal with what we've had to deal with. Um, you know, and, and the thing about Twitter is. People are anonymous, and they can sit behind a computer screen, and they can type whatever they want. And what's so sickening is these are the things they're saying to their fellow Americans. And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't deal with it. I block anybody who has something nasty or something derogatory or if they're going to use foul language. I don't deal with those kind of people. I don't have enough time in my day to deal with those kind of people when what I'm doing is fighting for my fellow Americans to never have to experience the pain that, that any of us have had to go through. Absolutely, and you know how how long has it been? To, and and you know, please tell us a little bit, you know, about Brandon and um, how long has it been? It was May twelfth, two thousand fourteen, and uh, it was Mother's Day on that Sunday, and uh, he had spent the day with me, and then went to work and came on his dinner break and ate dinner with me, and left and said he'd be back for dessert. And you know, the the evening got too busy, and he wasn't able to come. And when he got off of work, um left and a you know repeat illegal alien criminal had been drinking all day he was three times the legal limit drunk he was high on meth and he drove over 35 miles the wrong way on different free four different freeways in phoenix and slammed head on into my son on a blind hov um transition ramp so my son never even knew what was coming towards him um brandon was an integral part of the mesa police department here in arizona He'd been given a uh, job down in an area where it was overrun with homeless people and, and drug dealers, and a park had been just overtaken by these drug dealers. And the the people who lived in that area were not able to go to the park. And so Brandon worked tirelessly to get homeless people into, um, you know, shelters, and he got rid of all the drug dealers in the area, um, trimmed up all the trees so police had visual of the park and could see the activity going on in there, went door-to-door, met everybody in the neighborhood. Mothers in the neighborhood would invite him in for dinner. He would check in on the elderly. He got phone numbers of the elderly kids and would call them if the parents were having any medical distress, make sure that they would come. He would go on his days off to the park and uh, play kickball with the kids and buy them Dairy Queen or pizzas. He bought uh, Christmas presents for a lot of the unfortunate kids in the area. You know, the parents weren't able to afford Christmas presents. He had bought three bicycles for three grandchildren who were being raised by their grandparents before he died, and they were being held at the police department. So Christmas that year, the police department presented those to those children. And I have since helped that family 
uh, several Christmases, you know, making sure those grandkids had um, Christmases in Brandon's honor. He held an annual Thanksgiving dinner um, for people who, you know, were less fortunate. The year before he died, we had fed 350 people, and this last November um, we fed 650 people. And so there's things, you know, I've created the Sergeant Brandon Mendoza Memorial Foundation as a local um, foundation here in Mesa, Arizona, and um, I try and keep up my son's memory in the community. I bought playground equipment that was broken for the Boys and Girls Club, just things that I know he would have been doing. And I'm hoping in the near future to be able to start offering scholarships in Brandon's name, um, you know, as long as I can keep getting people to recognize the foundation and, and what we're doing to make a difference in the community. So, you know, I, I want to keep his legacy alive because he was an amazing man. Everybody who knew him thought that they were his best friend. Um, I had a I had a young man approach me after Brandon's death telling me that my son single-handedly saved his life. He came out of jail and nobody wanted anything to do with with him, and he just talked to him about the importance of changing his life path and, and um, the the young man was going to be going into law enforcement. So, um, you know, uh, just tons and tons and tons of, of Facebook messages from people telling me something that my son had done for them. And, and he was such a humble man, I never heard about these things until after his passing. And so Brandon has become my inspiration, and he's made me a better person for what he did in his 32 short years of life, and um, I will always, you know, carry on his legacy. I am, you know, I, you know, my, I am so sorry for your loss, and, and you know, my deepest condolences, and, you know, I, I lost my father in uh, 2011, and uh, he was my best friend, my, my mentor, my soulmate, my everything, you know, he was, uh, the, 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 my, he was, you know, the greatest thing in my life, and, when I lost him, you know, I, I lost a, a big part of myself, you know, that in a lot of ways you don't, you don't really get back. It, it's, it, it, can't, it just, you know, and, and for a, yeah. for a long, for a long, for a long while, my father's death seemed like a long dream or like a, you know, he was on vacation and he was coming back, you know, the death part seems surreal. Mm-hmm. Well, like, and for days I didn't even, um, I, I wasn't even functioning. I mean, for you know that whole week from when he was killed until the funeral, I maybe got six hours sleep. I didn't eat. Um, you know, your your whole life is just turned upside down. And Brandon was my best friend, and we traveled a lot together. And he was an avid photographer, which you know I I, I had been earlier in my life. And he he uh, you know we we just. He would invite me to all of his parties at his house. I was like the only parent who um, who would be, you know, be at his parties, and his friends were all like, cool, mom's here. You know, everybody called me mom. And, um, you know, it just there was a special connection. And I, and, you know, and I had four children. I have three children still with me. But there was just yeah. something special about that relationship with Brandon. Um, and it affected his his brothers and you know his sister i have a son in the military and and you know i had two young men who wanted to serve their communities and and made a difference and it's sad that the the that the best are taken you know and that's how i feel about brandon i know it, it you know and it, it it just it really does 
go, you know, go to show in life that, I mean, it, it's just it, it, embrace every second that we have and don't take anything for granted because I, I've always no. learned, you know, it, it's just you never know. Like, you know, I never thought I would be saying my father's, you know, not with me today. I mean, there's just so many things that, it can be so surprising and catch you off guard in life that, you know, it just comes out of left field. And, and it's... Uh, well, and I was I, woke uh, up. I was woke up by a phone call from one of Brennan's fellow officers who was also Air National Guard, and he was deployed to Afghanistan at the time. I got a call from Afghanistan tell, saying, you know, Mom, Brennan's been in an accident, and that's what woke me up. And I, and I said, you know, I, I have to go. And I kept calling his cell phone, calling his cell phone, calling his cell phone. And then the next thing was my doorbell rang, and I, you know, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. I knew it wasn't good. And um, it was probably a year ago that I charged up his phone. It was it, The screen was cracked, you know. And I charged up his phone, and when I turned it on, the first thing I saw was seven missed calls from Mom. That's what I saw on his phone, you know. And uh, it's it's a very hard thing when your child precedes you in death, but such an unnecessary death and with everything that he had planned for his life to know that that was just taken from him is the hardest thing to accept. Especially at the hands of an illegal alien who had no right to be here. I know. I know. I mean, it's, I can't, words can't even describe it. I, I just, it's, I, I can't. And, you know, we, you know, we live in a, in a state that, I mean, there's so many illegals. I mean, it's a, it's an epidemic. Um, and like I said I, earlier um, in the program, I know there's good people who are here yeah, in our country absolutely. illegally. I get that. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if, if our country doesn't start taking a stance against the illegal alien criminal element, and, right. you know, I've heard the figure over 900,000 convicted illegal felons are roaming our streets because, you know, our country doesn't have – the guts to deport them and do what's right for the, you know their fellow American citizens. This this is where my outrage is. They're just let go to just com- keep committing crimes. They know that nothing's going to happen to them, and so what deterrent is there? Right. There's none. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's definitely a um, you know there there's definitely a lack of justice um, you know in, in that in the court system with the, with handling uh, some of these illegal aliens and uh, it, it needs to be addressed and taken care of. And it, and it is more and more every day, but you know, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, and you know, the, these Democrats sure don't, uh, sure don't help. I call them dummy crats, but, um, you know, I, uh, I do want to thank you. I do want to thank you for coming on. You've been an amazing guest. Um, we've had you on for almost an hour. Me. Yeah, we've had you on for almost an hour. It's been an amazing interview. I mean, great. I mean, I love love having you. I want to have you back on again. Um, you know, please, if you want to uh, promote anything, go right ahead. Anything you're working on or where people can find you, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Well, like I said, you know, the local foundation that I have for Brandon's memory is Sergeant Brandon Mendoza Memorial Foundation. Um, you can find it on Facebook. You can go to his website. And then AVIAC, which stands for Advocates for Victims of Illegal Alien Crime, .us, AVIAC.us is what we have, uh, angel parents have formed to have a place where other Americans who are affected by illegal alien crime 
can come and, and, and email us and talk to us, and, and we've got contacts with ICE and DHS, and I'm helping many people right now since our um, press conference with the president. I'm helping them. Just a place to know that when they talk to us, we understand their pain, we understand what they've gone through because each and every one of us have gone through it. And so we want to just encourage people, if you've been affected by illegal alien crime, contact us. Um, you know, if you're not having resolve or if you're, you're lacking information, we do have ways of getting this information to the right people to help you. Absolutely. Well said. And, um, you know, and, and uh, your social media where people, people can find you on Twitter, right? Yes. M.A. Mendoza 480 is my Twitter. And then we're also on uh, Twitter with AVIAC US, USA. Perfect. And, and I'm Facebook, sure okay. is, Facebook is AVIAC USA also. All righty. Um, Marianne. Thank you for um, having God, me. God, yeah, God bless your soul. Thank you for coming on. I, I'm, we're going to have you back on soon. And uh, you have a great night. Cheers. You too. Thank you. All Bye-bye. Right. Marianne Mendoza, everybody. What a fantastic guest. I mean, she uh, she is great. She, um, I mean, she's what she's been through hell. I mean, still have all these angel families and all of these, you know, different people that have had to be victims uh, of illegal aliens and and the uh, t- you know some of the uh, cr- the criminality. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very sad and it's sickening, um, you know, I, and, and God bless our president that we have a president that's addressing this issue more and more every day. Uh, Josh, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, boy, I tell you what, when she, when she said, uh, you know, when she turned on the phone, recharged the phone, turned it on and saw those missed calls, that was, that that uh, you know had a little tingle in my eyes. Man, what, that was, shakes. I mean, I got teary eyed. That was heartbreaking. That, I, I mean, mean I, you know, it doesn't you get. Know, boy, you, you, go ahead, go ahead. Doesn't get. You yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't. You know, the whole. You know, you you hear about all these bad things on the news every single day, but you know, it's so it's 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 odd how those it's those little things that like really hit you like a bus. Like, damn, like. That, you know, you can appeal with that so, like, I don't know. That was just like, man, it hit me like a freaking truck. Yeah. I mean, I'll say, um, Jesus Christ, you know, it's a, um, it, it's one of, it's one of those things, um, where, you know, it, 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 it's the most unfair scenario you could come across a second class citizen in the country illegally. And, you know, has no right to be here. And they should have never been here in the first place. You know, it, I mean, just the, lack, just the lack of immigration laws. I mean, you, you look at all of the, the, the you know, the flaws and the, um, the ignorance, you know, that, that, that is with our, that was with our past border. I mean, under the Obama admin, it was terrible. No, you're. I mean, you're. Abs- you're absolutely right. And uh, you know, I, I definitely want to have her back on, like you were saying, because I'd love to get into more details about what we can really do to come. You know, because I feel like we're always playing defense with these people. I'd love. Yeah. I'd love for actual strategy to play offense. You know, like how can we? Yeah. How can we bring the ball into their court? Um, and I, you know, I think that's something we're we're figuring out as you know. Now we have a president, you know, on our side. 
um, and a, a Congress on our side, but um, well, Congress on our side, maybe I can't say that. Um, but uh, you know, as I, I, I want to be able to, comp- you know, bring the fight to them instead of just playing defense the whole time because that's how you get things done. Right. I wanna I wanna welcome our next special guest, doctor, award-winning speaker, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and political candidate, Dr. Bob Branch. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me here tonight. It is a pleasure to have you on. Uh, you've lived a hell of a life. Um, you've uh, you know led a, you've, you've led you've led one profound career. I mean you. You know, like I always say, you know, you know, the people that have uh, done very well, you, you you have a novel. Your resume is a novel. I mean, you've uh, there's no, what haven't you done? You know, you, you've uh, it's very impressive, and you're doing a lot of good things. You know, um, I, I saw you speak um, a few weeks ago, and um, it was incredible. I mean, you are absolutely brilliant, and I mean, you have so much insight. Uh, on so many various things and topics, and I just, you know, I love hearing it. Um, so, you know, so thank you for that. Well, no, thank you, and thanks for coming out to that event out in Wickenburg, out at the Hacienda. It was a true honor yeah. having you out there. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, Sheriff Joe is a good friend of mine, and um, I, uh, you know, he's always – Didn't you know, he do amazing – he is amazing, and I I am behind him 100%, and I, I love the guy uh, dearly, and he's so genuine, so authentic. Well, he is, and I'll tell you, when he spoke out there, again, it was quite an honor, and uh, I think that uh, the crowd out there appreciated what he had to say. Absolutely, and I, you know, he's doing well. He's He is doing well. He's doing well. Um, I, I do, I do want to get to you though, Bob, you know, what I want to talk about though, I would like you to start, uh, please tell me about your life. Tell me about your background, how it all started for you. You know, the different adventures you've been through. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I'm a veteran, actually a father of a veteran too, uh, been married thank you for your service. My, I thank you. I appreciate that. And we all appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate all my vets out there. And uh, like I said, I, you know, a father of vet too, also uh, married to my wife, Adele, now going on 38 years. She married a, an airman in the Air Force with no college degrees. And well, you know, life, life brought us forward to, uh, after I Got out of the service. I started into computer chip development, uh, eventually management and leadership, and eventually corporate ownership. Uh, you know, along the way, completing my bachelor's degree in computer engineering, my master's in information systems engineering, and and my doctorate's in organization and leadership, focusing on information systems. And about 16 years ago, I was asked to teach my knowledge at university right after 9/11. And when I did that, uh, you know, you, you, you never know what to expect, uh, you know, when given a, an opportunity like that. But, you know, after my first night lecturing, this was a, in an IT uh, course, 
uh, on database development, I, I just fell in love with it. And actually, since that day, I went home and told my wife, you know, we had our own database development firm in town. I told her, I said, you know, this is this is what I want to do. Education is where I need to be at. This 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 is where I need to be. And since that day, I've haven't looked back. I've been dean of education, dean of technology. I'm currently the chairman for the largest uh, doctorate program in information system technology in the world. Uh, wow. I teach at the number one and number two Christian universities in the world. That's Grand Canyon down here in in Phoenix and also Liberty University, the proud backers of our great president, Donald Trump. And I'm proud to be associated yeah. with both of those universities. And and at Grand Canyon, um, you know, I teach undergraduate and graduate in STEM, uh, but I also teach their mainly I teach their doctorate program in uh, education, and I teach teachers uh, at the doctorate level how to run large learning organizations, how to re uh, how to lead the skills needed to lead large learning organizations. So uh, my average student has about 12 to 14 years K-12 experience, and now they want to become the principals and they want to become superintendents. So I'm the person over uh, at Grand Canyon they come to learn those from. And uh, it's quite an honor. Uh, actually, I was teaching a residency for a university this past weekend, and in my class were three principals and a uh, superintendent. So I've actually taught many of our state superintendents, many of our principals and thousands of our teachers over the past, over a decade now. And, you know, so, I'm, but one thing that I've noticed over, well, 16 years now, almost 17 years in education uh, is the fact that our education system in this state is broken. And it's uh, country, it's a not shame. just the state, in the country. Country, and you know, teaching residencies and also teaching for these universities, I teach throughout the United States as well. And you're absolutely right. And you know, a lot of it has to happen with the structure from the Department of Education, the funded mandates coming down from the Department of Education, and our education system is a poor education system in this country. Now there are successes. You know, so my opponents will say, well, you know, what about this town or this school? Well, there are exceptions to every rule, but in general, our education system in the United States is not a good education system, and, you know, and that's unfortunate. So um, go back just a little bit. You said one of the biggest uh, technology companies in the world. You were um, – you said you – you said you, you, so you, you uh, manage that? Well, the, it's, well, the largest doctorate degree, uh, I'm the uh, content chairman the, for the largest doctorate in management in information system technology in the world. Now, I've worked for companies like Fairchild Semiconductors, Fairchild Cameron Instruments, Honeywell, and actually, in Colorado Springs, we built a company called Silicon Mountain Design. It's still in existence. So, but no, I, I'm the the content chairman for the largest doctorate in information system technology in the world. Wow! I mean, that is that alone 
is extremely impressive. Uh, go ahead, Josh. I know you want to uh, ask something. I mean, for sure. I, boy, that's that's hella impressive. But specifically, let's let's talk about education because uh, so I'm homeschooled, but I, oddly enough, I'm actually very passionate about our current education process because you know because I think it is I think it is broken, like you said. How do we? You know, no one's given me. A fantastic answer, and actually, I enjoy uh, I enjoy asking local uh, Democrat politicians this most. But uh, you know, how do we fix the current education? Like, what do we what do we need? And obviously, Democrats say throw money at it. But I'm curious what your answer is. Well, Democrats throw money at it, but they don't tell us where it's going to be spent or the expectation of our graduates or our learners. Uh, they just tell us to spend more. Um, and that's that's a problem. Well, Josh, l- let me explain that. In this state, in Arizona, our Constitution, the founders of our Constitution, allowed us the ability to have local control for our schools. That means that if your community is set up and you want to start a school, you can start a school. You have the right to do this. Now, what ended up happening is because of the Department of Education back you know, with uh, Jimmy Carter, you know, putting this in, there are no unfunded mandates. Supposedly there's no unfunded mandates from the Department of Education. But if you take a dollar from them, you have to do what they want you to do. So we relinquish local control in our schools when we do that. And you can look and see how education since then has been going downhill um, you know, we have some years where, you know, there's a steady trend. But, you know, the realization is if you look, once we started relinquishing local control, uh, that has been a problem. Now, at the state level, we have funded mandates going down into the schools, but we also have unfunded mandates going down to the school. That relinquishes local control, and all of that stops that stops that educator stops that teacher from being able to teach their subject you're passionate about education one of the reasons i would assume is because you're homeschooled you were educated correctly because you had local control you know i assume it was your parents that did it so your parents were able to say you know how the education would be when you're going to study what your expectations are going to be and you knew that you had deliverables that you had to live up to. On the other side of the coin, there's many people out there, out, out here now that are not passionate. We burn our teachers out because our teachers believe that, you know, it's a passion. Like I said, when I first taught, I, had, I, I discovered my passion. You know, education isn't, it doesn't make anybody rich as far as the, the teacher goes. So the realization, it has to be a passion, but we burn that out because that teacher wants to teach, but we keep that teacher from teaching because of Common Core, uh, AZ merit testing, no child left behind. All of these things interfere with our teaching system. We have to get rid of the federal mandates, and that's the reason why I, one of the well the main reason I got into this race is because of a person named of Donald Trump when he was oh, yeah. running as a candidate 
he said that he was going to get rid of the Department of Education. Now, a year ago, he signed an executive order to Betsy DeVos to come up with a plan to get rid of the U.S. Department of Education. And it is that, on that date, actually a year ago, April, is the date I said I'm running. Because now, if we get rid of the federal mandates, if we're able to let our teachers teach, and if we can go in, because of the federal mandates, all of our laws, or many of our laws in Title 15 here on um, Arizona Revised Statute Title 15, all 19 chapters, are intertwined with the federal government. If we get rid of the Department of Education, those laws need to be re-legislated, uh, and if that happens, then we have true local control. Our teachers can teach again. We can make education great again, and that's the reason why I'm in this. So my plan has nothing to do. I'm not asking you, Josh, for more money. You know, I'm asking you to, hey, you know, let's save some money. Let's get rid of the Department of Education. Let's, you know, uh, keep our money in the state and let's have local control and let our teachers teach, get their passion back. That way our students can have passion and finally, finally progress ahead of this nation instead of trailing behind. And that's what I'm looking to do. When when people talk about how, you know, some people on the right talk about how, um, you know, schools are just training people to be factory workers, you know, I, I don't know what you would think about that. Personally, I would agree with that statement just because when you take a bunch of unique people and then, you know, teach them all the same things, no matter what their dreams, ambitions, skills are, when you treat teach them all the same things and put them in boxes they're going to become those boxes so then i mean everybody that works in a factory is thinking there of what they could be doing or you know whatever you know i guess talk about whether or not you agree with that or disagree with that and and real quick just to i want you i want um, bob to answer that but bob you know what a big problem is and it kind of relates to what josh said in a sense is there's not enough trade schools there's not enough individualized schools that specialize in programs that, you know, with, with what people want to do with their career, like there could be so many various schools and classes where people don't have to go and, and do the regular four year, you know, the degree thing. They could go, you know, get their, uh, you know, dream job, you know, at a trade school of what they desire and, and with a proper, proper curriculum that, that's put into place, which I think is, is lacking in, in a lot of sense. I think there's too many schools where, you, you know, you got to do all the, all the regulars, you know, like the math, the English, the history. I mean, there, there's people that don't have the patience, the mindset, the attention span for that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I do know what you mean. Um, you know, looking at, you know, the first question, I think uh, more, a more proper term would be creating drones, uh, you know, the, all the same going out, uh, you know, because, you know, let's face it, uh, most of our students, over 54% of our students can't get into even our own state universities, not, not students, excuse me, graduates, cannot even pass the admissions test into our own state universities. And of that 54%, uh, you know, barely any of them are career or call it, I mean, are career ready. So even if, you know, it, it almost would be interesting if they could get jobs. 
but the problem is, is they're not able to. They're not able to have good careers. And I think what you hit on is absolutely correct. You know, I'm a huge proponent of vocation, uh, you know, more of the CTEs, uh, looking at, uh, you know, the JTED. But we need to expand that JTED program. And that's something else that President Trump, you know, it's huge on that initiative to expand vocation and apprenticeship programs throughout the United States to bring back jobs in, the, in, in, in our economy. You know, it's one thing to say that people are employed, but it's another thing to say that, you know, they're not employed at jobs where they can actually uh, have a productive life. Um, you know, and we have to have, you know, jobs like that. And vocation will uh, provide those type of jobs. You know, we have a huge farming community here in Arizona. And I know in our inner cities, it's it's difficult sometimes to see outside of that community that there is a huge agricultural uh, business out there and our uh, agricultural industry out there. And this state is three times the size of Ohio, and uh, much of it uh, is not is rural area. So we need to create these vocation jobs. Yeah, and, you know, you make a great point because <clears throat> there's all these people. I mean, there, there's a new report that came out that's saying there's more jobs out there right now than there are people to fill them. So, I mean, that, that just goes to show right there that if we had education more in order, more, you know, more of an, uh, a well-orchestrated curriculum, something that's put, you know, put into place that could help everyone, not just, uh, you know, one group or, or, you know, generalized older. I mean, there has to be, in my mind and in a lot of people's mind, there has to be a wide variety of selection for education because think about all the different careers and <clears throat> how the future is evolving with technology. I mean, think about all the different things that are happening that need, uh, you know, people need to be trained on. And in a lot of situations, people aren't qualified for a lot of these jobs, and that's a problem, and that comes from lack of education. And that also has to do with, you know, some pe- you know what I was going back to earlier. Uh, you know, we need more trade schools for those certain careers that they're focusing on because a lot of people don't have the attention span or the mindset or maybe not even the interest of going to a regular college. You know what I mean? Well, I do know what you mean. Or high and, school, yeah. You know, let's look at that. Yeah, well, let's look at that great statistic that you just said. Yeah. President Trump in 500 days has created an environment in the United States where yeah. we have – more jobs than we have workers to fill them. Now, right. I heard one of my opponents say, well, the thing is, is now we have to look at, you know, getting more immigrants in because our workers are not skilled. Well, that's the fault of the Department of Education that we've been having throughout this country to, in my opinion, intentionally, intentionally do that. And to me, we need to, again, like you were saying, the vocational, the, the JTED, you know, the CTE, these type of programs. You know, I, I was talking to uh, the farm community, and, you know, there's, there's – uh, you have something called large animal veterinarian. That's a person that goes out at 2 in the morning for a cow or a horse or something. Well, 
in this state, um, and this this was a, a fact that was about four months ago, so I don't know if it changed over the last four months, but there was only a couple people in this state that were doing it that were under retirement age. And, you know, we're not training these type of people. We're not training what we need. How about in healthcare? You know, I'm a boomer, you know, and right now we're looking around. We're saying, where's the nurses? Where, where's the phlebotomist? Yeah. You know, where's yeah. the x-ray techs? Well, we could actually have those in vocational now. So, you know, we, we need to look at those. And you're absolutely right. We need these. And it's my job or it will be my job as superintendent of public instruction to make sure, that, you know, I help drive that initiative because America needs it. But also Arizona requires it. And we absolutely need it for our aging community here, too. So, yeah, well said, well said. And Josh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I shoot, I could talk for I could talk forever about education. I, I you know, I I think obviously it's you know the backbone, it's the backbone of America, you know. And, and like I like I mentioned before about talking to Democrats about about education and how they just want to throw money at it. I was actually at a meet the candidates night uh for a local a local uh uh representative seat here in Ohio and um you know just hearing them, I went up and asked them afterwards cuz they talked about education. I was like, you know, um um I wanted to know what their actual, what their actual, you know, what can we do tangibly to fix this problem? And, and, and like, you know, like I mentioned before, like you said, it's always about let's throw money at it. And it, it, it really hasn't ever changed what they want. um, Yeah. You know, want to do. And that was more of a statement, but a, a question I have for you is that, what these superintendents and teachers and principals that are coming and you know listening to you and learning underneath you you know are you i guess what are you tangibly doing to like help them specifically you know and you know i i think also so my my, my uncle is a substitute substitute teacher and he will get he and many of his colleagues get fired for saying the like the weirdest things um, and it's a lot of these, subs, you know, these um, superintendents and principals that are in charge of it. You know, I guess what it's just a weird, like liberal, just odd thing that we have going on in our education system. I don't know. It's kind of a weird, like a, a open-ended question there, but I didn't know if there's any pieces that you could kind of answer about that. Well, you know, it's it's a great question, and you know, a lot of. The initiatives that were going on in the prior administration, but also over the last 30 years, um, or almost 40 years now, uh, with the Department of Education, as as um, I call it, the social engineering from Washington D.C. Much of that uh, can be seen. For instance, last uh, Halloween, about two weeks prior to Halloween here in this state, one of my teachers now understand i teach the teacher that has about 12 years k-12 so they've mastered this i don't teach them how to teach in the k-12 i teach them how to expand now to run large learning organizations change organizations how to empower teachers so because these people now want to become the leaders right so leadership is what i teach them and the skills the traits the styles and, you know, many of the theories out there on how to manage large learning organizations. So that's what I teach them. But last year, one of my students comes in. She was a a fifth grade teacher, 
she brought in a pumpkin right before Halloween. She was told to remove the pumpkin. Now, it wasn't carved. There was no writing on it. There wasn't a a jack-o'-lantern face or anything. And she asked, why am I supposed to remove a pumpkin? And they said, well, because it's not inclusive. Those that do not celebrate Halloween will feel um, you know, uh, you know, uh, as, as if they are being slighted somehow. Well, here's the thing: that is a vegetable. Excuse me, it's a fruit. Rather, <laughs> let's go back from that. That is a fruit. So, how can having a fruit in a classroom be uh, exclusionary? How, how can how can it not be inclusion? Uh, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. But this is the indoctrination that we have been doing for decades now. And, and we need to know, let the teachers a, teach. You bring up a good point, and here's a problem with the teaching system and the education system, and we see it in the news on a daily basis. They're shoving politics down children's throats. They're, they're telling kids what to believe. They're, they're basically uh, trying to play the – these teachers are and are you know trying to say certain stuff is offensive, uh, you know trying to t- take away freedom of speech, whatever it may be. I mean, the, 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 there's these problems, and, and that's another big issue that needs to be addressed. I mean, let the kids be kids, let the parents deal with them. I mean, it's not the teacher's job to tell a kid how to live or what to believe. I mean, the, the teacher is there to teach. Period. Well, we had one of uh, in the 2016 election cycle. Um, I actually had to lecture on that Tuesday night when President Trump was elected. Now, my lecture was cut very short because we just turned on the the uh, put instead of the PowerPoint, we put on the screen the the election news uh, (laughs) because that's all anybody cared about that night. Anyhow, but one of the teachers, actually, she is a principal at one of the local. the local schools here, they did not allow any politicking inside the school. In other words, a couple of their students were actually suspended for wearing mega hats, uh, mega hats in school because they did not allow it. They thought the election would be disruptive in their school. And this was a, a local charter school to my area, and I was just floored. I said, well, when I was a kid, I remember – you know, the Hubert Humphrey and, uh, you know, LBJ and, you know, everybody went to a mock poll. You know, we heard people presenting on these people. Uh, we heard about Richard Nixon time and, and they said, no, election would be the presidential election would be too disruptive. So they did not allow any of it. I mean, how does that help our society in the least bit? Exactly. I mean, it, it's one, it's one of those things. Um, you know that. God, you know it. It, it, it you know, and when you, when people start mixing politics and educate, I mean, it's you know, in terms of you know what these kids and these kids are, you know, going through, and and in the reports you're right about wearing mega hats to school. I mean, this I've been reading this all over. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's sickening. I mean, there's so much liberal uh, bullshit going around. I mean, bullshit going around. You know that. <laughs> It, it's, uh, oh God, it's like but a, it's isn't like that what epidemic. President Trump has given us? Isn't that the great, one of the great God's gifts? God's blessing. 
that having President what, Trump give us. We can call it what it is. Yeah, I mean, there's no more political correctness, you know. We have to say what, say what stuff is. You know, I want you to uh, – we, we do have a few minutes left. I, I do want you to, you to speak, though. You are a best-selling author, and you are an award-winning speaker. You, you've done – I want you to speak a little bit about the award-winning speaker part real quick. Well, I've been fortunate in my career uh, to, you know, of course, like you said, I, I have uh, authored many papers. Uh, some of the uh, work that I've done in leadership is groundbreaking. And I've been invited, uh, you know, uh, to international business conferences as their keynote speaker and are as a keynote speakers at, at international business conferences. And, uh, you know, many of, uh, many of them have issued to me their, uh, you know, lifetime awards. And, uh, so I'm, I'm very honored with that, uh, so, you know, I speak to people from everywhere from Dubai out to, to Hollywood, um, and, you know, on my leadership practice, on my research that I've done. And it, it's kind of amazing. I'm going against a can, another candidate that says he's the true leader in this race. And I just look at him and say, you, you couldn't even be one of my students. So, you know, <laughs> it, just, it just floors me, man. You know, you hear these politicians make claims. And, uh, you know, the, the realization is uh, – you know, not not only did I provide leadership through business and industry and in the in the service, but uh, you know, people fly in from all over the world to hear me speak on subjects like transform uh, like uh, transformational leadership, servant leadership, and uh, and also logotherapy, mixing that into servant leadership to develop a new change model. Uh, and these are things that opponents of mine have never even read or even understand yet. They consider themselves the the only proven leader that's out there. So, but those that's politics speak. You know, I don't speak yeah. politics. I think you've seen that in my speech. Um, you yeah. know, I I, I I consider myself a a humbled individual. The Lord has blessed yeah. me with certain talents, and uh, I'm fortunate enough to. Um, give back to my community. Like you just seen out there at uh, Wickenburg at Hacienda, I'm also the commissioner of park and recreation for Maricopa County. And that's, we're building that into almost a 300,000 acre park system. So the fifth largest, fifth largest county in the country. Fifth. Well, in Maricopa County is bigger than the state of New Jersey and is bigger than Israel. So, and we don't yep. have a, a state park system or a national park system here. Now, we have Tonto National Forest, but uh, we don't have a park system. And, you know, we provide that. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm honored to be in my fourth term. You've seen Supervisor Clint Hickman out there the other day. And, yeah, you know, he was lauding some of the, the accomplishments out there. He says some very nice things about me, and I do appreciate it. But it's also with his leadership. And we're able to do yeah. this for – you know, here, here's, here's the thing that people find interesting about me. I'm a Christian conservative college professor, so that's a unicorn. You know, I'm, I mean, how does that even exist in some people's minds? But also, you know, I'm a hunter. I'm a fisherman. You know, I grew up back east, or, you know, near, near Ohio there. I grew up in western Pennsylvania hunting. I had a, my first gun I had about six years old. 
You know, yeah. so I want to be a good steward of our land and that. And, and as with all hunters and the good Second Amendment people out there. So, you know, we're right. out there. We're trying to fix things. We're trying to make it better. And uh, we have to make education great again. You know, I'm asking yeah. people out there throughout the state to help me out. Uh, I was out there at 5 in the morning with my wife and a volunteer. We were putting up signs. It's 109 degrees and just yeah. trying to get those signs put up all over this state. So need volunteers, need people to come out and help out. Let's let's. We started to save America by electing Donald Trump. Now we have to actually go in and make education great again because that's the only way that we're going to keep America great again is through education. Very, very well said. And, uh, you know, Bob, I, I really want to thank you for coming on. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of listeners. We have thousands and thousands of listeners. Um, so, ma- many, so many listeners are listening and, uh, you know, around the state. And, uh, you know, and, and just we have, we have listeners all over the United States as well, as well as some, a few in other countries. So, you know, we're getting, uh, we're getting bigger and bigger. So, you, you know, definitely people are loving what you're saying. And um, I just, uh, you know, it was, it was great having you on. And, you know, feel free where people can find you, um, your website, uh, any of your books, um, go ahead and promote. Well, I appreciate that. Listen, uh, anywhere in the United States, it would be appreciated if you please go out to Vote for Branch. That's Branch, B-R-A-N-C-H, and it's the number four. So VoteNumberForBranch.com. First of all, just get on there and just tell me you heard me. That would be great. I'd like to hear that my message was heard. Second of all, if you'd like to volunteer, volunteer. And anybody in the United States that cares about you know, fixing education system. I know a lot of people my age, they're, uh, they're boomers and their kids are no longer in school. But we need to fix this for our country. Please feel free to go on and donate. I, you know, right. the lifeblood of any campaign is donations, and I am yep. the non-politician. I'm the person that's actually right. uh, can go in and fix it. So I hope people yep. go out and do that, my friend. All right. Well, Bob, uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, we will have you well, back on again soon. Well, it was an honor. It was an honor, and I do appreciate the opportunity, and it was great for you to come out to that event the other day. I really enjoyed meeting you. God bless Absolutely. you guys. Thank you for having me on tonight. It was a pleasure. You have a great night, sir. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bob Branch, everybody. What a phenomenal guest he was. Um, I do want to get to, we have about eight minutes left. I do want to get to some topics that we have not got to, um, new poll out today, 72% of Americans believe, um, the establishment, you know, no, 72% of Americans believe, um, the establishment media deliberately report fake news. I mean, they believe. Um, which is a high, a high number. That's a high number. And people are, let's just show more and more people are waking up. Um, another thing I want to uh, talk about is, um, you know, Maxine Waters is, uh, you know, her GOP rival uh, is seeking traction over her inflammatory comments. So 
Uh, Omar Navarro is, is who Maxine Waters is facing off against, and he's a, a very, uh, very smart guy, very intelligent, uh, good guy too, very authentic, uh, endorsed by Sheriff Joe Arpaio, um, and he's Hispanic, um, so Maxine Waters can't pull any sort of race card nonsense with, with Omar Navarro, and, and Nav- Omar Navarro is probably going to win this, and uh, what a day it will be uh, to see Maxine Waters voted out of office. I can't stand that witch, and neither can anybody. I mean, most people can't stand her. I, I can't see how anybody could like her. Well, what's there to like? Jesus Christ. The, the woman is out of her cotton-picking mind. I mean, seriously. And the Democrats, let's face it, they have no logical or ra- rational message for voters. It's all hate Trump. It's all anti-Trump. It's all, it's all baloney. I do want to say uh, the mega agenda was very successful uh, in yesterday's primary. So I want to say we did well. So, uh, you know, that's something to very be very happy about. Um, a new report came out. Devin Nunes is demanding that the DOJ submit info on any contacts between FBI, between FBI sources. That's something big. And, and we're going to find out so much more revelations about this. And I will be talking about this on my show more tomorrow. Um, but, you know, the, the Republican lawmakers, I mean, it's, es- it's escalating demand for the DOJ uh, with getting the documents. Um, you know, there's – they want to, you know, talk about impeaching Rod Rosenstein if Rosenstein doesn't meet certain deadlines. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot of stuff going on. And if you guys want to hear the most pathetic thing and, and one of the most funniest things, Bill Clinton comes out. Um, earlier today – and this is separate, but this is totally something different. But Bill Clinton comes out today. And he's trying to say the email server, uh, Hillary, was just using mine. She, she was just using mine. So Bill's basically now trying to take responsibility for it. I mean, what this is – I mean, what, how many stories have we heard from Hillary about her server? Now Bill's coming out and taking responsibility? What the hell is going on? I mean, this is nuts. This is, this is absolutely insane. Um, I do want to say, though, this is big. President Trump enjoys a record support from Republicans. He's got more support from Republicans than any uh, president in history. Trump's over 90% now of Republican support, the most. He's broken the record. I'm getting back to that real quick, but I do want to share something really exciting. The Netflix shares have dropped following Obama coming on and the executive making racial remarks. So Netflix is tanking and tanking and tanking. I mean, Netflix is is about to go in the gutter. I mean, it's going in the garbage. People are canceling their memberships on a daily basis. It's um, you know, it's a it's totally a bust. Um, but I do want to say, with Trump breaking the record with Republican support, I mean, God bless his soul, man. You know, he deserves it. We all know that. More and more people every single day are jumping and climbing aboard and the Trump train and get it, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. It truly is. Um, Josh, go ahead, though. I know you, you, wanna, you got some stuff to say. Sorry. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, boy, I mean, specifically about the Maxine Waters thing, uh, you know, Mad Maxine, yeah. boy, that, that would be – how big of a victory would that be? For um, right. you know, not only the Trump agenda, but for frickin' America to get that right. witch out of office, that would be absolutely incredible. And uh, you know, I'm just uh, my uh, my my mouth starts to, starts to water 
uh, so to speak, at the uh, at the idea of that. And you know, and and to speak on Bill Clinton, my goodness, where, don't any of these people know when to go away? Like or to shut up? Do they oh, know when goodness. to shut up? No, apparently not. They just keep on talking. Like just when you think they're being quiet, all of a sudden they pop out of nowhere and like you well, you know. Uh, how I feel about this, and I'm like, what? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's you know they. I don't know. I, the Clintons are they're they're going senile. They're going nuts. Um, we um, it, it's one of those things though that uh, even the Democrats want them to go away. Even their own party is asking them to go away. <laughs> um, yeah, I you mean, know, they're, it, they're just like, Shh, be quiet. You're you're saying too much. Stop! Stop bringing right. this stuff up. We don't need like the fact that Bill brought the email servers again when no one's talking about it is hysterical. Like, thanks for reminding us how crooked y'all are. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and you know, speaking, uh, quick announcement: um, there will be a uh, President Trump and President and President Putin summit coming up. Oh God, liberal liberal heads will be spinning. Oh my God, can you imagine all these different stories they're going to come up with and fake news and conspiracy theories? Oh Jesus! But I can't wait to. Uh, it's going to be very entertaining. I can't wait to watch that. We got uh, uh, we got Bolton um, over there right now uh, doing the negotiations and uh, setting it up. So um, that's exciting stuff. Uh, we are out of time though, um, Josh. Go ahead, uh, promote uh, whatever you uh, you have where people can find you. Yeah, for sure. Just go ahead and follow me on my Instagram at J-O-S-H-H-L-A-V-A-T-Y. Excellent. And everybody knows where to find me on Twitter, at Sodder Rory. Again, that's at Sodder Rory. Um, you can also look me up my name. It's easy, Rory Sodder. Um, you can also visit my store at the Donald J Trump store.com. Again, that's the Donald J Trump store.com. Visit Rory TV. Visit get your Again, that's get your Also, um, I want to thank all my advertisers. I want to thank all my listeners. I want to thank everybody. My get, you know, my guests, uh, my co-hosts, you guys are all amazing. I am so grateful for your support and beyond appreciative. Um, you know, we have a huge show again tomorrow. Um, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Um, I'm Rory Sodder. This is the Rory Sodder Show. We will see you tomorrow night, everybody. God bless. Cheers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.